Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and after all this beer, there's going to be a reckoning. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and today we are reading the next book on the Booker shortlist, The Trees by Percival Everett, and I'm starting with a beer. In this book, very soon into it, people start getting murdered and find uh, are found with a other dead guy there holding their severed balls. And you could say it's apparently a bad omen. This is from, I think, a new brewery for us. Bad uh, Medusa Brewing. I don't remember ever hearing about them. They're in Framingham, Mass. And it is a Belgian-style pale ale brewed with cherries and raspberries and 7.5% alcohol. It's called a bad omen? Just, just, sing, just, just bad omen. No article. And it's fine. Uh, I don't know why this is like a limited release from them. This is uh, fine. <laughs> it's, well, most it's, beers are limited releases at this point. Yeah, but when they put it on there, I feel like it's like a marketing ploy. That's fine beer. Um, that's not my favorite type of thing. But then, yeah, it, was, it was hard to find beers for this episode, so I had to stretch. <laughs> yeah, it was difficult. So the book takes place a couple of years ago, really, because Trump is president. And it is in, Missis- in Money, Mississippi, which is a, a podunk piece of shit town that no one cares about. I don't know if Unlike it's like the rest of Mississippi. Right. Well, uh, yeah, it's exactly. But And it starts off with, you know, seeing these, you know, Walmart folk, you know, uh, Big Mama Yeller and shit like that, and their children, and they're hanging out on a porch and being, you know, desperately poor and shit. Don't feel bad for them. Uh, it's the message of the book, though. Um, <laughs> and then very quickly... So, we, the, uh, so it's like <laughs> the wife went off to... Walmart to buy a new halter top while the husband sits at home because he lost his job driving the truck for the Piggly Piggly Wiggly when he drove it off a bridge (laughs) and only narrowly got rescued, but the whole truck plunged into the Tallahatchie. And so he's just a, he's, and that's like the only job he ever had. So he's just sitting around at home and then Charlene gets home and finds him murdered in the back room. His neck has been like, there's like barbed wire around his neck, and his neck has been slit. But also, his balls have been cut off, and and his balls are in the hand of another person, also dead in the room, but who is a guy who is a sort of like five foot six black man who's been beaten in the face like really hard and he's like definitely dead that's going to be important later uh he's definitely dead and it's like but he's holding the other guy's severed balls in his hand like and so the wife she calls the police and the police chief who is a good old boy um it's like what the hell is going on here and then so they bring the bodies to the morgue and then the mortician, or just the medical examiner, whatever his name was. The coroner, the slash reverend, yeah. reverend. Re- reverend doctor, the one who wasn't a reverend or a doctor. Reverend doctor. I mean, I guess Fondle. he was a reverend, but yes. he was not a doctor, is examining them. And it's like, yep, he's dead. But then it takes, tries to take the other body out of the refrigerator, out of the, you know, body refrigerator, whatever it's called. And he's gone. Like the second, but the body of the second man, the one holding the balls, the unidentified black man, yeah, was gone. And so, literally, they just have a body that has disappeared. So, it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like he's a zombie. <laughs> and if, uh, and if it's been exactly six years. Since you become a zombie, <laughs> would would you be called a sixth birthday zombie? Yeah, that's how that works. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so it's very specific. This is sixth birthday zombie by KCBC. This is a fruited sour with oh god, oh canned just last week. Oh, very nice. Uh, did you say clanned? <laughs> I think he did. Yeah, I heard clanned. Okay, uh, canned with blackberry, raspberry, black, sorry, black raspberry, red raspberry. African-American raspberry. <laughs> Blueberry, passion fruit, lemon, and vanilla. You know what's weird? None 6. of those are strange alcohol. fruits. 
They're pretty standard fruits. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-oh. It's very tarty. It's very fruity, but quite tart. I guess not that bad. So, uh, yeah. No, this is uh, actually very nice. Nicer than a lot of the shit that happens in this book. So once the body's missing, they they like the dumb Count Sheriff. And I, I forget every character's name because there were a lot of characters in this book. The names they, in this book, uh, everyone's name is insane. Almost. <laughs> Well, there's like Ed. I mean, there's, and there's a few Jim regular guys, but like when they get later on, they start rattling off new names. They're all like crazy names. I mean, that, I think the the book just like flies Escalates. off the rails <laughs> in four dimensions. <laughs> it just gets yeah. crazy. It starts out really ridiculous, and then kind of lulls in the middle, middle, and then gets more and more ridiculous. I wasn't sure. I had I did not know anything about the book. Um, before reading it, but I was like, oh, it's kind of a funny book. The uh, black comedy might be a little too on the nose, but it's, a, it's certainly <laughs> it, it was funny. Called a black comedy. And uh, then all of a sudden, you're like, Jesus Christ, this is much heavier than I thought, which is what they said at some of the lynchings. Um, so <laughs> they quickly, another person gets killed, and I forget who. It's like another middle aged white trash guy. Who we had also met briefly, and I forget that his was Junior name. Junior. Oh yeah, Junior Junior, You're the cousin of Bryant, something whatever the fuck. He had a name too, like Wheat or something, right? Oh yeah, Wheat Bryant. Yeah, because I think because wheat is white. Sure. Well, later on, wit. there's a, gov- gov- a wit, wit yeah. Bryant. Later on, there's a governor, Governor of South Carolina, Pinch Wayface. Was that the eighty-five uh, year old man who was? Present at the lynching as a child. He's like that guy had a ridiculous name too. Oh no, that was um, that was the Houston FBI guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. what the fuck was, his name was? I'm gonna look at it. It's 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 in one scene. Doesn't really matter at all. But the names are funny. It's like Atticus something. No, it was not Atticus. Don't you dare besmirch <laughs> his name. It was Atticus from the redo or the first yeah. version. Oh, his name Hickory Stonewall Spit what was that guy's yeah. name. <laughs> It's like a cartoon cat. <laughs> so then there's a second murder and this same horrible, you know, violent death and the... Uh, what, like the sa- same with like the, the ripping and the balls being removed, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the same it's, dead black guy holding the balls. It's, it's like that they were, they were carved up <laughs> and they carved off their balls. Yeah, it's going to happen this a lot. This is The Carver from Barrier and it's... It's September, so you know what that means. It's pumpkin beer time. It's an ale brewed with pumpkin allspice, nutmeg, cinnamon, and ginger. So it probably tastes like every other pumpkin beer. The uh, it does the basic the basic beer. Yeah, the basic basic pumpkin beer. spice beer. PSB. We should say that these beers, basic or not, this is like record time. Not even like eight minutes into the episode, are brought to us. Got a drink for this one by our supporters over at Patreon. If you'd like to support the podcast, and why wouldn't you? You could head over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub, where you can get early access to episodes, exclusive content, vote in monthly book polls, get shouted out, join us for our live episode, which we probably need to figure out when that next one is pretty soon, actually, <laughs> and get shit mailed to you, and always get your recommendations read, as opposed to those cheap bastards who don't support us who usually get their recommendations read. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So if you want to support the podcast, that's an option. You could also help the podcast out just by leaving us a review. It helps on Spotify or Apple or, you know, bathroom walls. And you could just tell people to check it out. All those things would be a great help to us. Certainly more helpful than having our balls chopped off. And our caved in. That would definitely hurt the podcast. Except unless you believe the one-star <laughs> reviews we've gotten. <laughs> so now there's two dead guys and the missing body has shown up. And so the sheriff... I forget if he calls it in, but like they basically call in the MBI, which is the Mississippi Board of Investigation. Black. Wait, no. Yeah. <laughs> and they send two guys who are black, and they and are one of Ed. whom is the creator of Garfield. <laughs> was it Jim? Jim uh, Davis. Jim Davis. Was it Jim yeah. Davis? <laughs> well, the other one looks like he ate a lot of lasagna because they talk about how what a big fat guy he is. Yeah. Ed, which I didn't appreciate that his dimensions were very similar to mine. Because uh, they, <laughs> <laughs> they say his height and weight. I was like, that's too close. So uh, <laughs> yeah, The one who's constantly eating like a steak fried steak covered in chicken. 
Yeah, and they only get a side of chili with extra chili on it and cheese and... Give me a and, tire and full of old house meat. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that canned peel thing, right? So uh, they get sent down. They're like, One, this, this sucks. Got to deal with these fucking incredibly backward racist white people in this town. This is going to be a miserable experience. But they don't think it's going to be much of one. They think it's going to be a fairly routine thing. And it just gets crazier. And then they're another misery hate crime. They get there and they're like, well, obviously the black guy wasn't dead. And the police chief who obviously doesn't like them is like, oh, no, he was definitely dead. Just like there was no way you could not be dead. It yeah, looked like that. Loaf face. Uh, and so and then when they find the second body and they're like, we have located the black man. And they didn't even want to tell him, oh, it's because there's been another gruesome murder. Though every time uh, they say it, they stutter and say, we found the n- b- black guy. It's like that scene in um, Blazing, Blazing Saddles. Saddles. Yeah. When he's like, the mayor's near. And they're like, what? <laughs> the mayor is near. <laughs> but it constantly, they, they, like, they get real close. They get right up to the hard R, basically. <laughs> and they're like, I mean, I mean, uh, black feller. <laughs> they just... And they never get over it. Like every character who does that does it multiple times per scene <laughs> because they're a little racist. It, a this little. is a satire. So, oh, those people exist, though. Very extreme. <laughs> yes, for sure. But it's literally every white person in this book. Um, and oh, so, like, you're awful nice for a word that I won't say. <laughs> so, after uh, a little bit of investigation, Somebody asks, like, or they go, what do they go to a restaurant or something? Like, would anybody, the diner, would anybody, yeah, the diner, would anybody in this town not like uh, have a, not like those guys? And they're like, yeah, everybody, those racist fucks. I'm like, oh, okay. And then it, and then you find out that the two of them are the descendants of the two men that lynched Emmett Till And and that the old lady, Who's there and is like totally freaked out when she sees when she sees the bodies? Um, of course, as you would that naturally. But she's actually the woman that accused Emmett Till of what was it? Whistling, like whistling making a pass at her, or whistling or something. Yeah, whatever it was, it didn't happen. Yeah, but that's well, actually that was also in. This I mean, book. obviously, this is a silly book, but in this book, they 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 already know that she made it up because that had already come out. That's all water under the bridge mm. with a dead guy in that water under the bridge. Uh, that's what happened to Mattel. And that's a true story. Like the woman, right? Didn't the woman who... Yeah, like, she told re- everyone she made it up like a year or two ago. On her like death, but... Because I remember Dave Chappelle... No, I think she's really still funny, alive. She's still up, man. You really, so. She really didn't time that well. Yeah. She, she didn't count all those antibiotics working. She was, like, <laughs> she was planning she's to like, ah, And there's no way they're going to give me a kidney. Let me tell you something, kids, before it's too late. <laughs> and then, like, oh, fuck. I can never go to the Piggly Wiggly again. <laughs> uh, in Mississippi, you probably still can. Oh, that's true. But, yeah, I, I think... Uh, another thing she did say, um, and this wasn't even in the book, but another thing that woman did say is that she also felt like a victim. Yeah. She had it real Don't remember hard. her name, but that's okay. It's... We don't need to know it. Oh, Jesus, that woman is still fucking alive. Yeah, she's still alive. And a grand jury just declined to indict her in August. In Mississippi? Yeah. Yeah, oh, why would God. they? <laughs> well, they're probably, ah, what, what use is it now? That's probably why he wrote this book. Well, it was like August 10th, 2022 that that news broke. The oh, book came well, out last then, year. Then he knew ahead of time. Or he just was a really good guesser. Jeez. Well, uh, he, he takes care of it in the book. Sort of. So more like weird things start happening. There's like a murder in Chicago, and it's the guy's brother, like the one of the two other the guys. Other, so it's the other Millum. It's, it's another descendant of the guys that uh, lynched Emmett Till. And then... And then the old lady dies. <laughs> yep. And then she dies of fright, I yeah. guess. I mean, she was like a big, fat old lady in a like a Walmart scooter. Like, she was... It was a peak Mississippi that she stole stolen from, from Sam's Club. Sam's Club yeah. Oh yeah, they say it's Sam's Club here, not the Walmart. Walmart version of Costco. Is that what it yes. is? I've, not, I've never actually been to a Sam's yeah, Club. Yeah, same. Yes, it's a Sam Walton. It's his club. 
he'll just let anyone in, apparently. <laughs> well, not everyone. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so as this is happening, the cops, the MBI agents, Ed and Jim, are hanging out at the diner talking to Dixie slash Gertrude, the waitress there, who is... keep saying we don't have lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> but she is uh, black, but like can White pass passing. or something. Yeah. So they like, I think she's black. And then she's like, I am. And they're like, ah, friendship. And then they <laughs> are like, it's just kind of like, then they're like, all right, now we'll hang out with her. And they continue to go to her for information about the local townsfolk. Like, what's the deal with this guy? What's the deal? You know, throughout the thing, the book, I should say it's 108 chapters and it's like 300 pages. It's like Dan Brown chapters. They are, which is my favorite type of book to read because I could just keep plowing. Like, I feel it motivates me to read it more. <laughs> like, when I start a new chapter, this chapter's 49 pages long. Like, fuck that. I'm going to go, I guess, see what's on fucking porn websites. I don't know. I'm not going to read now. <laughs> it's too much to do. <laughs> I go, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to focus on taking this crap. Uh, but then, you know, so I was able to be really just plow through it. Like, everything, it's, and it's changing perspectives every chapter. So, like, stuff's just happening relentlessly. And that's why I don't really remember what happens in any order, though. <laughs> well, before the old lady dies, she um, she talks to the the detective comes the sheriff comes over, and he says like, "Oh, you know, I'm just checking on you." He's like, "I know what's coming for me. It's the ghost of Emmett Till." And he's like, "That's a little ridiculous, don't you think?" She's like, "Nope, I'm sure of it. I saw the boy. I saw the body. Uh, this time him. it did whistle at me. Uh, <laughs> I heard it coming." <laughs> but she's been known to lie. Yep. But then she dies, and then when they find her, the body there's the the Dead black bodies there again, right? But no balls. Well, no, it didn't take her balls. But they managed it's holding to holding the big pile then. of vagina. <laughs> it's like is that roast beef in its hand? What is he holding there? Like oh oh god! <laughs> just looks like old asbestos curtains from a schoolatorium. What is that? It's just some fresh prosciutto. <laughs> so they do some like. Try to get try to get like you know a DNA sample off of the dead guy, and they managed to. Except he didn't have any blood; he was filled with embalming fluid because he was actually dead. And they find out that he actually died twelve years ago, and his body was donated to, donated to science, or more like it was, and it was, it was no, donated to claimed, the yeah. Acme Cadaver Company or whatever. <laughs> it's just, it's, it is Acme, right? It's it is like Acme, fucking yeah. Looney Tunes. I'm like, huh, that's weird. So that gets investigated a little bit later. We also meet Herbie, the love bug, uh, Herberta Hind, the FBI agent, who is also a a black woman whose parents were cruel bastards and named her Herberta and decided to shorten that to Herbie. (laughs) It's a whole lot of back and forth. They try to find shit out. And they also, the other character they introduce is Mama Z or Mama's. <laughs> She's the matriarch of browsers, depending on your kerning. <laughs> so the uh, two detectives they so go to Daisy at the diner, and and she's Dixie. like, "Oh, Dixie, whatever, Dixie, Dixie, who's actually named Gertrude." And says, "Oh, you want to find out what's going on in this town? You need to you you need the witch. You need to meet a witch, which is actually my grandma." Mama Z. My great-grandmother. Great-grandmother. That's right. Great-grandma, grandma's... Uh, great-grandmother. Grandma Z, or whatever. Mama, Mama Z, whatever Mama her Z. name is. I'm like, okay, we'll go see her tomorrow morning. So they go out with her to this, like, you know, back country roads, and they find her, and she's 105 years old, but still in very good health. It don't crack. And <laughs> she's still in very good health, and then she's like, oh, good. I know everything going on in this town because I listened to the police scanner all day. And that's how I know. And all they do is talk in the CB radio. And then she says that. And then she says, well, come look over here. And then in, in one of the back room, there's like just shelves like lined with 23 file cabinets. So she has yeah. 23 file cabinets. She's like, I've researched all the lynchings. I can possibly find. Since I was born. Yeah, since she was born in 1913. Oh, so actually then we could do the math and figure out when this takes place, couldn't we? It's 2018. Uh, yeah. Mm. So, um, and so she has all of this, all of this stuff. 
It's like, wow, how long did it take you? It's like a really long time. <laughs> she went to libraries. She looked through like newspapers and basically tried and tried to compile as many names as she possibly could. Uh, you find out like halfway through the book that her father was lynched before she, she was, was born. Sh- yeah. Right after, before she was born or right after she was born? When she was somewhere. She was an infant. Like something like that, yeah. Very young. And then her mother died of scarlet fever, one of those old timing diseases that only your great grandmother ever heard of. And then she, yeah, so she had a rough, rough life. She's not bitter at all. (laughs) No. There are more killings. There's one in Chicago, another one where a guy's balls gets chopped off. With a katana, and then there's a body of, like, an Asian man in the room. That one's in L.A. In L.A. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, With the three three cop detectives whose names are Ho, Chi, and Min. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. More silliness. And then, uh, so they send one, so one of the two, was it Jim Davis, or was it the other one? That goes out to, like, investigate that over there, get a flight, go see what's happening and then uh herberta is like okay all the bodies over here we're gonna send them down to the fbi office for investigation or to do a real you know autopsy because they can't do that here in this stupid town in mississippi so they investigate it and then and then suddenly the book goes in like a thousand different directions all at once and then there's like another killing over here with Balls getting chopped off, and another one over here, and another one over there. And it's always the same thing, though. There's a dead uh, black or Asian guy holding the balls. Sometimes it's like six or seven dead guys and one guy holding the balls. A lot of balls. Um, they go, the detective, whichever one, goes to visit the Acme Cadaver Company, and they talk to the guy. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, it's like, listen, and they're like people on the floor there's like so there's this big factory building and there are bodies human bodies literally being like chopped up or they're just being like packaged away and he's like listen they're dead the there are people there are, yeah there are people though they're playing, they're catch, playing with catch with an eyeball and soccer with a head yeah yeah and they're like listen they're dead we're not breaking any laws he's like listen i'm not here to bust you for that i just want to find out like this particular body the one who looked like them until who died 12 years ago and do you have any records at all and he's like oh yeah actually this um we had a whole like truck get stolen or his truck like he never made it to its destination truck full of bodies yeah we had a new guy working here and then that truck disappeared he was weird and he doesn't work here anymore he's a white guy i forgot his name was like Hobslinger or something like that yeah something like that but you think, you know, you start to, this is when you start to get enough information to almost figure out where things are going, though you're wrong if you think you know. <laughs> but they're there in this big refrigerated building, and I can't wait till later when this beer could also work, but they're kind of chilling with the villains. <laughs> uh, this beer is called Chilling with Villains. It's a New England style triple IPA from Alewife. And is a, I hope good, because that other beer was not good. 10.6% alcohol. Huzzah. That'll, that'll make my dick move. All right. Move? I need something. I like the, you know, like how Harvey Weinstein had like inject his penis directly with boner medication. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you heard. Did we talk about that with you, Nate? Yes. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, you did. <laughs> did you Google and research it? <laughs> I did not. I had to know more. I forgot what was that, um... Fournier's gangrene, whatever, where your where your crotch just turns into Chewbacca's asshole, and just <laughs> oh my god, what does that mean? Google it; it's the best I, I could think of. I don't want to ever Google that phrase. Well, it basically, it leads you to the worst uh, uh, wheel of fortune before and after ever, which is blue waffle stomp. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this beer is great. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, this beer is really good. Uh, so the other thing that happens, one of the many, many things that go, because everything goes by so quickly, is you get the, you figure, you learn that Gertrude is hiding something. Because Gertrude has a dojo of people practicing ninja shit. You're like, what the fuck is happening at this point? <laughs> and then more stuff happens. You kind of almost forget that that happened. But that's yeah, around. I did forget that happened. 
And they're there just like watching CNN and doing ninja practicing. And like guys are like literally he practiced a disappearing move. <laughs> they get through like a smoke bomb. Um, but, you know, she's hiding something. And Mama Z is always speaking in like weird cryptic shit that it's not really clear. In the beginning, like, ah, she's just an old lady. And then like, are these clues? Is she fucking with everybody? And they bring That's in. She says one thing. It was like, death is never a stranger. That's why we fear it. And then. The creative Garfield says, that's a kind of witchy thing to say. I ask you, that sounds important, but I don't get it. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't get it either. She's like, you got to be careful there, creator of Garfield. Sometimes people OD. <laughs> and that's how they die. <laughs> yeah, it's a normal thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other, another random character introduced is the college professor who is in his 20s and has three... Damon disfer- Thruff? Damon Thruff with his three different PhDs, who is, you know, his, the college didn't give him tenure because, like, you're doing, you're writing too many books and essays and articles. It doesn't seem possible. <laughs> so, and they no. delayed his tenure for a year and, and they said, don't publish anything for a year. <laughs> but he couldn't sort of, help himself. Well, so then he goes down, um, somehow he's Gertrude. A, he's a molecular biologist and justice writer he works he's in the ethnic studies department <laughs> because he's black and so he gets he is down there and he's start like he gave you give him homework like look through all these archives of the lynchings and he's you know just overwhelmed with it and there's a couple of very powerful scenes like the one where he writes down every name of every person and uh, well it's not every name well, a lot because of because he unknown. says there must be six thousand of these here. She's like, no, it's like seven thousand five hundred something. But he just starts writing. He's just writing the names, and um, you know, he says the thing you have heard, or I have heard variations of this idea. Like as long as your name is still around, or something like that, you're not fully gone, kind of thing. And so he writes the names, and Mama Z is like, "What the hell are you doing?" And he explains that, and she's like, "Well, you get get back to that." <laughs> so. You know, but then he kind of just disappears from the story. Um, he's there, but like nothing else happens with that. He's doing the typing at the end. He's just typing the names. So yeah, just, his hand got cramped, so he typed. Yeah, writing seven thousand names is that's going to take you some time. So they're going around, and uh, the murders that are happening around the country at this point of white guys getting you know brutally you know decapitated basically with barbed wire, and then have their balls chopped off, start happening in bigger numbers. And then there's like an army of the undead black lynching victims just marching around. Of six birthday zombies. Yes. yes just marching around and killing dudes. And, uh, and some, of them are, get, some of them are armies of Chinese guys. Yes. Well, I will say, you know, the, the, the lynching um, narrative in America is, you know, rightfully so focuses on the black experience. But the fucking the Chinese got some horrible treatment a century ago. Where like China, there'd be like entire you know Chinese gold mining camps just murdered for. You know what the the largest single mass lynching was of Italians. It was the Italians. Yeah, they didn't make it into this book because it's because fuck you, them. You wouldn't hear them talking. It's only with their hands. <laughs> um, so you, <laughs> you can't. Really it's impossible talk. to cut someone's balls off when you're yelling with your hands at them. And yeah, well, they yeah, that, that's why Columbus Day is up. What or Indigenous Peoples Day now, or whatever stupid thing we're calling it, was because of that big Italian lynching. What's most impressive is that they didn't just like grease their way right out of that news, <laughs> just slipped right out. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the end of the book, Jim and Ed figure out that Gertrude and Mama Z are in on it, and they confront them. They're like, what the fuck? You've been murdering people. And then they're like, well, what's murder? What's a person? Yes. <laughs> right? Basically, that happens with Gertrude. And she's like, yeah, well, yeah. So they started off with just killing the Emmett Till family members. Not Emmett Till. The Emmett Till murderers, family members. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's not a perfect system, but that was the plan to get revenge. And then all of a sudden, these other ones around the country, there's like copycat ones. That wasn't us. We didn't do those. I don't know how that happened. I think, didn't they imply that they just killed them and then put the body in the room? And they didn't do with any zombies. 
No, no, they just killed him. And they had the dead body there. It was like yeah. planned for this like weird performance art thing where you're going to murder a guy and leave a black guy hold, dead black guy holding his balls. They did that, but only three times to so the guy in Chicago and the two dudes in Money. And then for artistic effect, they put a dead body next to the old lady who had died actually of natural causes. But the rest of the murders that are happening around the country, they had nothing to do with. So she claimed. But they're just happening. And, and then, then the army of the undead. You know, that's, go figure that shit out on your own. I don't know. And then basically yeah. the end. Well, it gets to a very... Like, they get to... like They're killing people in like impossible scenarios, basically. Like the... Like, uh, I guess it's basically Mitch McConnell, right? <laughs> this, like the Senate Majority Leader or somebody at the time gets murdered. And a uh, cabinet and secretary. Bullshit. And then Trump is making a speech about it. And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, where he's like, a lot of good people, I'm told. They're very good people. They love me. They're great people. They tell me that it's black people doing this. <laughs> like, he's just, it's like a long run-on thing. It's like, sounded very run-on much like thing Trump. where he both says the N-word and then immediately says, I would never say the N-word. I would never. I would never say that N-word. If you thought you heard it, it's fake news. <laughs> just going on. Like, in the same sentence, in the same breath. And, uh, but then... But then it just like, it just felt like, um, as if like the last reel of the movie was missing. Like it just felt like it just, yeah. What happens? It's just like, un- it just, like, the, the, like the tape they runs out. Writing like, all okay. the names and they're like, do you want us to stop writing the names? And they're like, uh, and like, do you want us to stop writing the names? And I'm like, does it, does that matter? What does that mean? What no, the fuck yeah. is there are like, whole chapters like of just note? names. <laughs> I mean, the chapters are still very yes. short, but and still, I, the whole chapter is just names. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't know. I, obviously, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of that sort of thing, but I did see there was like Michael Brown's name. Trayvon Martin. And like these other high-profile. High, yes. Was Trayvon Martin's in there? I missed that one. Then. Yeah, uh, it was him. Yeah. I remember actually Freddie Gray's and Michael Brown's. The high-profile black, you know, police killings. But I didn't see George Floyd. I was looking for that one. I couldn't find it. Maybe I just missed it. Eric Garner was. was. Even close to the beginning of the book, so. uh, Mama Z says, I count police killings as lynchings, and they're like, as yeah, we lynching. do too. Yep. And, and then, then it just ends. ends with a mob of basically zombies out for racial reckoning, and then it just ends. So before we, I mean, I don't know, do you want to talk about if we liked it or do we understand it? <laughs> well... Uh, okay. On one level, it's sort of like, it, it's sort of a detective novel. The reason why I say sort of is because the ending is not a detective novel. Like it turns out that the detective story plot was just a way to find out about more about why these lynchings are happening, but there's no like resolution. It's not like, cause I mean, we've read a couple of detective novels. I've read more on my own. We've all seen... Things like Law and Order and other shows where, you know, the detective catches the perpetrators and then, you know, they go to jail and then that's the resolution. And like Sherlock Holmes is like, you're trying to catch the murder, but this book really isn't about that. It starts out like it is, but then it's actually not really about that. So it just wasn't what I was, you know, wasn't what I was expecting or more like the sort of expectation set in the beginning were then not met. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, as we've said before, most a, a lot of Booker winners tend to be very w- weird, experimental kinds of books. And I guess this is, that's just one way in which this was weird and experimental. I mean, just writing a satire about Emmett Till and cutting the balls off of the guys who <laughs> lynched him, that's, uh, that's also that's pretty bold. That's a very bold uh, concept. This is the this is the chef's kiss type of political topical shit to win a literary award, you know? Racial reckoning topic in America, black author writing it. But he's older too, he's in his sixties, so he's like seen some shit. Um about the like, that's the he's kind of shit. Twenty two books. Dude, I I am so fast I I never heard of this guy before. And that is uh to my detriment because he is what an interesting sounding guy. Did you read? I've never, have you ever heard of him before? No, I just saw he was, he wrote 22 books and he's like a distinguished professor of English at UCLA or some shit. Or so USC. I just, I was reading, I was like, who is this guy? And on Goodreads, this is from his biography. So he wrote it or his publicist wrote it or something, right? 
There might not be a more fertile mind in American fiction today uh, than Everett's. In 22 years, he's written 19 books, including a farcical. Is that how you say that yes. word? So like, yeah. Is it like a frozen farce? It's, like a, a, it's farce- a fart-powered <laughs> unicycle. That's right. A farcical. <laughs> a farcical western, a savage satire of the publishing industry, a children's story spoofing counting books, retellings of the Greek myths of Medea and Dionysus, and a philosophical tract narrated by a four-year-old. <laughs> I want to read all sound a really lot of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like, what the fuck are those? Things? Like, so like... <laughs> Like, who is this guy? Like, this guy's a fucking crazy person to just produce that much of weird shit and then 15 other books. Because oftentimes, the type of author who writes, you know, about racial stuff, that's every one of their books. That's what it's about. Like, that's kind of their, they, whether they want to or not, that's kind of where they get pegged in. This guy just writes like, like, and some of his other books that aren't in there, like his first book is about a guy who played a third baseman for the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> like, it's like a novel about a, a fictional Seattle Mariners player. Like, okay. Another one about someone trying to like, control Mother Nature through a scheme involving the Grand Canyon. Like, bizarre shit. But also satirical. So kind of stuff oh yeah which i love that well there's thing so there is a book about him or it's like a a fest strife or whatever that stupid word is like essays about him that is uh it's called jesting in earnest is the name of the collection of mm-hmm. essays is that like after Ernest goes to camp <laughs> yes uh Ernest goes yeah to camp is like a slinky dog <laughs> character but you know he's so satire because that's the yeah, right? Like, you, making fun of shit is not satire. Right? Like, making fun of shit with a purpose is satire. Right? Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, usually. Like, when I'm making fun of Nate's mom, that's not satire. <laughs> it's sad. Tire. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's sad and tired because we've been doing it so long. <laughs> but it's like making a comment but it's also about like society. Impersonating or it in order to make fun of it, I guess, is so, sort of more satire. Usually. Yeah, so, sense. certain amount how of trust many, have been involved. So, the first American Booker winner was a satire about race, and that was only like was that five years ago? I want to say twenty sixteen, six was years ago. Which is a great book, and this is definitely since then the closest book, closest sort of in tone to a book that I've read like that. that I, yeah, that I've read. Yeah, though that book was better. <laughs> yeah, it was. I never read that one. It's great. We shouldn't. We can't do it on the podcast because I don't think we'll 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 get it wrong. But <laughs> we should not. No. It was complicated. It was like I don't fucking understand this shit. Like this is like a Vulcan chess level satire. Like I'm is not, Vulcan chess a thing. Vulcan chess is totally a thing, right? From it's, fucking, a, it's three uh, dimensional yeah, chess it's from Star Trek. But, uh, yeah, like the okay. three different layers of the chessboard. You know, one for each time you never touched a movie. <laughs> <laughs> But going back to this one, it's it's a fun read. It was a breezy book compared to what we've done recently. It's the lightest book on lynching I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would put a top top five uh, <laughs> for sure. But after like fucking the blonde, holy shit! Like this was a breeze. This is like, like a reading pamphlet. The, it's like yeah, it's like reading the the ingredients on a, a package. Like this, <laughs> this was fast and it was and it was funny. Though the funny parts, sometimes it was like a little, I felt a little, it remind, some of the passages, the jokes reminded me. Trying a little bit too hard. What's the guy's name? We did a bunch of his books. Oh, Fool. Fool. Christopher Moore? Yeah. You know, like there are several passages where you, you could hear him being like, uh-huh, you're right? <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Was one. <laughs> but other times were very funny. Yeah, I, I really did laugh out loud a couple times. I, anyway, I did laugh out loud at a couple places because they were <laughs> pretty funny. Like there's this, there's this, uh, the scene where the eighty or eighty five year old FBI agent it talks oh, to yeah. them and he's like, "Yeah, I was at, I saw a lynching back in nineteen forty three or something like that." Uh, he's the only agent who, to still in the still in the bureau who actually did work with J Edgar Hoover, um, and he says. You know, I when I was there, there were there were you know there was it was in Texas. There were the tree was obviously not going to hold the guy 
and we didn't know what to do. And he, the guy knew he was going to die. So he says, listen, you can't hang me. I'm already hung. Ask your wife. And then they, and then they <laughs> beat him, beat him to death. They shoot him. They shoot him. Shoot they him form, but they form a circle because there was no tree big enough. So he's kneeling, and then he stands up, and he says, like, I'm already hung, ask your wife. And they like hit him, but he doesn't really break. He's like, ask your sister, <laughs> ask your mother. And, like, and then they all pull their guns out and shoot him, but they're in a circle, so they shoot each other, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, you know, they kill the, the guy, of course, because uh, that's you know, how lynchings tend to go. But just how ridiculous Inept. it is. Yeah, how, it, a lot of it, and there are several clan passages and the there's clan a whole meeting. Clan meeting where they have the which election. Which is really funny. Because <laughs> they're, they're like, we're pissed dumb. off. There's no, they've had the same president the whole time, which is Dr. Reverend Fondle. He's the like, grand legal. Ele- yeah, well, that's, that's a real title, sadly. I, I looked into it recently, um, not just because just I was curious, <laughs> uh, but since. Um, like the clan has gone through different phases of its dumb titles. Like the early ones were all like Grand Wizard and Dragon and Cyclops and all that shit. But then after World War II, like the resurgent clan, everything starts with KL. So it's like it's a clonfication. <laughs> like it's like the Smurfs. Well, when they have when they have a meeting, <laughs> it's a it's a clonclave. Seriously, it's, yeah, they have like, like these a dumb things. Bar. Klondike bars are oh my god, they're clan candy. Oh no. <laughs> Well, the only thing you have to do to get a Klondike bar is not marry a black woman. So that's how their meetings go. But everything was Klond. Like, everything's like we have to have a the the Klond Klond Klondvacation was one. I'm trying to think of uh, other stupid like parliamentary rules that they could have had. <laughs> Clarlament Clunkadelic is the, the preferred clan band. By Kaluzzi Collins. <laughs> Guys, we can't vote. We don't have a chlorum to do you know, to settle this. But then they're all mad. They're like, why are we listening to this fucking guy? And he's like, all right, fine, let's vote. Who wants to run? And they're like, all right, we'll we'll vote for you. Like they're just they're just idiots. They're it idiots. reminded me it reminded me of the the Django Unchained scene with the with the clan. You know, when they like swoop in yeah. with the Ride of the Valkyries playing. And then, like, the guy's like, I can't see shit out of my mask. And it's like, my wife cut that for you, goddammit. Like, they're all just total clowns. Because that's what they fucking are. Like, they're not the, the southern gentlemen they think they are. Well, we talked about it on this, why they dress that way. Is they're pretending to be the ghosts of dead confederates. Which, yeah, I'm sure it fooled a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I think they thought they were fooling people because they were like, they would bust into black people's houses and ride around on horses around them and shoot them. And they'd be like, black people would be scared. Like, yeah, they were scared. They thought we were really ghosts. Like, no, that's probably not why they were scared. <laughs> I did like the, uh, in the in one, one line in the book, they're saying like how everyone in the town, like everyone knows who the clan members are. There's no secrecy. It's like, if you wanted oh, to find yeah. out who's in the clan, you go to the dry cleaner, <laughs> wait for them to drop <laughs> off their robes or something like that. <laughs> Which I'm sure is the case in the small pockets of country where that still exists, where there's like open clan membership. Yeah. In, you know, hill town, who gives a fuck, you know, little towns that are just sad places in every which way. And then on top of it, the guy's like, we shall rise again. I do declare. It must be pretty pathetic. But I don't. So the thing about satire I never fucking know if I really got it. You know, like, I don't... I could say, like, oh, this is funny. He's making fun of this. But I don't know what his statement is. Like, what is his point? I don't think you write a book like this. It's like, I just wanted to poke fun. Because at the end, the book ends that there is an army of the undead black victims of lynching and Asian victims, uh, Chinese victims of lynching killing the descendants of the people who lynched them. What is that? What are we supposed to make of that? Well, perhaps he's saying, or he's pointing to the fact that America hasn't had any real reckoning with the legacy of lynching, in that it's been, well, sort of acknowledged, kind of like the Magdalene Laundries in Ireland. It's been acknowledged that it happened, but people are really like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that was a thing, sorry, and then just don't, just don't talk about it. Just, like, let it go, and even though... 
you would think, I mean, okay, when was the last lynching? When did it actually happen? The 70s? Well, depends on what you count. Something like that. As, yeah. What do you, what do you call a yeah, lynching? Yeah, also true. Part of the question there, right? So America has not grappled with this. Has not, there hasn't been a reckoning. There hasn't been any sort of real accounting of it. It's just like, oh, well, you, so let's, you know just for, let's just forget about it. I think I figured out why George Floyd's not on the list is because the cop that killed him did get convicted. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, that is and something people that... People on the, the list were people who were un, went unpunished. That's, that's something... Um, Maybe. I that's think. an interesting idea. Because the, the grandmother does say, like great Mama Z says, that you know, they read through the file on one, like her father or something like that. They kind of, this happened. This, this horrible thing happened. This was the action taken by the police officer. And the result, nobody was ever charged. Nobody was ever tried. Nobody was ever punished. And she, and she says something like, that's all of them. So it could be. That's, I just came up with that right now. I, that would be my guess. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, I, I can't I, really think of I was why shocked he would not that, be like, on there. Of all the names to not include, right? Because quite frankly, like Michael Brown things like 10 years ago almost, you know, like people are, that is far less fresh in people's minds. Trayvon like, Martin in was 20, now 10 years ago. Yeah. But like the George, George Floyd, like, come on, that's like the big one. It is, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I obviously he's critical of like America's treatment of these things. I, I don't think he's advocating. I'm not going to I think if uh, the Fox News report of this is going to be, he's advocating for, you know, <laughs> race war. Um, well, the Fox News in this book saying was saying it's a race war. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Klan's guy's like, I've told you, the race war is finally here. Let's get ready. Everyone get their guns. And then there's a guy like, well, how many? There's like seven of us. And we have 100 guns. <laughs> it's like, I can only shoot two guns at a time, Jethro. <laughs> and then they... It's like, oh, that's a good point. And then all of a sudden, like, the, the throng of zombies comes in and just kills those dudes. And they also kill the sheriff and the deputy guy of the money Mississippi. They get actually lynched. They get hung from the, the tree. That was the other two. There was the two deputies. The sheriff doesn't actually get killed. Oh, no, but isn't he part black? Isn't that like a... He big, is, yeah. That's, he's that's, been hiding it. Yeah, it's well, like, he, just, uh, he just found out. He's like, oh, fuck. I, I thought that scene was going to go even further because his wife's like, what are you looking at? And he's like, oh, my God. And then he says, like, my, I forget how we, which, which word he uses for which, but something like, my daddy was black and my pappy killed him or switches yeah. pappy and daddy. But I'm surprised that, like, he didn't then, like, t- the wife didn't turn on him. You know, well, like, the wife I, did say, like, that means you're part in it black. <laughs> Not where I would have noticed, where it could have counted in our marriage. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's huge. So um, do you think it will win? Mm, no, because the judges are all very British. That's how Treacle Walker made it into the shortlist. <laughs> and while they're not, Walker. you know, they, they certainly, you know, they have some definitely compassion for what's happened in America. They're not really, this isn't their number one issue. Uh, and so, okay. So I actually thought that because while the book is certainly okay, I didn't think it was amazing. I don't, uh, it was the, like, this was, this was the, the committee, whoever like the, you know, the judges who are doing the shortlist, they're trying to come, they're trying to like, have some representation actually is what they're trying to do. You know, there's, we need at least something from America. And this one is about race. Very important issue. Let's put that on the list. I actually kind of think that's what happened. Is the only American one on the short list? Might be actually. I know that the British one, uh, glory is an African one. Uh, in seven moons. I don't think that's American. Uh, he's uh, no the person uh-uh. who wrote it was, like Molly Almeida. So, no, no, that's the title of the book. Who the fuck wrote that? I don't even remember who wrote it. It's Shehan. Oh, man. I'm gonna, we gotta practice this for next week when we record it. Karuna Tilaka. I mean, it's, I think he's Sri Lankan. Okay. He is considered one of Sri Lanka's foremost authors. He hails from Hoboken, New Jersey. No, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's Sri Lankan. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, uh, Glory is by uh, Noviolet Bulawayo. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right either, honestly. Um, but 
She is... Uh, Glory is... I read the synopsis of it. Oh, well, wait. Oh, William. Retelling of... Uh, oh, William. Oh, William. Yeah, that's, oh, that's definitely American. That's American. Oh, yeah, that made it. Oh, William. Right, so two out of six are American. I think a couple of years ago, like it was like four of the six were American authors at one, on one year. One year. Tone that down. Well, maybe the fucking limeys need to write better. We get her done in America. Well, there's only one British one in this one. But it was never just British. It was the Commonwealth. It was basically every country yeah. but America and China could win. Like, it was yeah. <laughs> like, really Hong Kong little. could still win. Hong Kong could be in there. Well, yeah. was Hong, no Hong Kong is not in the Commonwealth of Nations, is it? No, it was a protector. It was owned uh, by. It wasn't a. It, it was owned by the British until like 1996. Yeah, but, but, but being in the Commonwealth, maybe it could have won in the past. But the Commonwealth of Nations is a specific thing. Like it's not just like any country. I, mean, I don't know if Hong Kong is in there. I don't. I know some countries have formally left or been kicked out. Um, let's see. Let's see. I don't think Hong Kong is in there. You'd think there'd be some nominees sometimes if Hong Kong was in there. Yeah, for a few years. Oh my god, I didn't realize it was the Gambia left. Yeah, the, it, as if I'm going to confuse it with the other Gambias. There's another um, one called a Gambia, and Gambia. Very confusing. <laughs> the Gambia. So, like the Maldives left for a little while, but they came back in. Uh, South Africa was banned for a while from the Commonwealth, but I don't. Uh, I don't know if uh, I don't. I don't think. I think they're like independent countries, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, you know, Hong Kong is not in there. China took that shit back. No backsies. <laughs> Well, but I mean, it was basically any country that had been a British colony except America <laughs> was eligible. And then they opened up to anything that was just published in English. And Americans were like, we're going to take that shit. We're going to take it hard. And we want a bunch of them. Maybe not this year, though. No, the two American. No, I would be disappointed if either of these won. I, I liked this book. I just thought that it ended when it was about to get interesting. Kind of like the Magdalene Laundry's book did. Yeah. It was like. Okay, now now the story's going to begin, and it was like the end. I'm like, oh, I guess fuck me. Okay, yeah, I agree with Nate. I think it's it's uh, it checks off a lot of boxes, but I don't I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's great and should not win. But we didn't think Triacle Walker should have even been published. So what the fuck do we know? <laughs> that book sucks. Yeah, I think it does suck. Uh, well, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this long, why not support the podcast over at patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub. Or, be, or leave us a review. Or just send us a nice email saying that you told your mother-in-law to listen to it. <laughs> That's call weirdly specific. <laughs> and you can also tell your mother-in-law to join us on Goodreads, but I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> And check out the Hopped Up (laughs) Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm